Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This, this, this is, 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 is kickoff in the valley. Now here's your host, Tyler Vazquez and Gunnar Jackson. Welcome into the kickoff of the Valley podcast covering your Arizona Cardinals. My name's Gunnar. There's Tyler Vazquez, who uh, is a, what was the proper word for you when it comes to being on the big screen at Arizona Cardinal home games a lot? I think it is uh, Jumbotron Professional. I think that's the... <laughs> The, 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 I think that's the title, the official Jumbotron celebrity might be. Hey, there it is. I like that. I like the professional. You know what I mean? You're not there. You posted, uh, Tyler. Um, I don't know if you posted that today or yesterday, but it happened during Sunday's game where you appeared, uh, the the camera had you on the big screen. You didn't realize it. A couple of women around you were tapping on you say, Hey, you're on. And then you just like started with a dance, which I'm still trying to figure out what dance that was. Uh, well, the key is they, they want you to be excited when you're on the Jumbotron. So I was just trying to jiggy a little <laughs> bit. You know what I mean? Give, give them a little something. For the, did you for even the see yourself on the screen or did you just not kinda, a, Not initially. Away? You know, when okay. those women were tapping me, you know, and that's, you know, it's how my world goes. Women always tapping on me saying, hey, check that out. You know what I mean? Don't know yeah. wife this. Hopefully, you know, I don't think she listens. So I think we're good. But um, yeah, well, no, she, no. If she was a good wife, she would though. Yeah, right. Hundred percent. I'm gonna have to get on her about that. Um, so, what, so you got to check it out. Is it Bird Gang Travel on social media? You got to go check out. Yeah, that video. Bird Gang it's Travel so on on yeah Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, there's okay. a good shot of me. Yep, Tyler Jiggy Vasquez rocking the the noggin boss, which I have right next to me. Gunner here. I know this that is hat, a, the big old hat. Yep, there there. I it got is. one of those, but Hila gave it to me. It's, oh, you have a you do you? Yeah, uh, I got one a you do you one of those. Yeah. Man, I'm jealous. I wanted one of those. I was always trying yeah. to steal one but they they uh they 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 were guarding them like fort knox um but yeah (laughs) was that during uh what are the uh the high points of the game low points of the game on sunday or what i think that was definitely during a low point and that's why i just tried to give it a little (laughs) oomph you know what i mean get people excited oh man uh i know i wasn't on uh sunday's uh post game uh podcast but eight straight at home uh the cardinals have lost you know you as a season ticket holder how are you feeling I mean, you're just expecting at this point, you're going for the good <laughs> times that are tailgating and uh, walking around the concourse saying hi to people and going and getting some good food from the vendors inside. They also have, okay, so at, at the stadium, I think it's Senor, this might be Paola and I might get fired for doing this because they haven't paid for advertising, but Senor Chilada, um, 
they've got when you go to the beer vendors yeah. it's it's basically a little bottle of the michelada concoction and you can pour it into the cup and you pick your beer and it's already a pre-rimmed with tahine and nice. all that goodness and uh that's one of my favorite things to visit at the stadium it's kind of now at this point you just got to kind of drown your sorrows in uh, in booze oh right? you just you they know, turn it around you got to find the positives in the experience, Gunner. You know, there's great tailgating. Mr. Tony McClure on the grill outside at the Seatown tailgate. Hey. They, uh, they, he was whipping up. It's his favorite game of the year is when the Eagles, if they roll, you know, they roll through town every couple of years, just how we yeah. finish in the divisions. But, um, he was whipping up Philly cheesesteaks and they were delish. Mm. I might want to go get a Philly cheesesteak for lunch today based on that. There you go. That sounds good. I just ate, so I'm not I'm not craving it, man. Um, so what's the latest here, man? I I know uh uh what, what's your thoughts on the whole Kyler Murray sliding uh in in you know and missing that first down? Is that a Kyler Murray fault? Is that uh, Cliff Kingsbury's fault? I mean, who who are you putting the blame on that one? Um I I think it's everybody's fault. I I, I mean I think does and it's hard because I think Cliff is going by what he saw on the scoreboard, right? And he saw that it, it said first down versus actually watching the. Okay, chains. so did he see? He did see that on the scoreboard. I, I don't know, but that's what I'm okay. assuming, right? Because they didn't know for sure, and and they were telling him to check the ball and and all of that. Like he had time where he could have fired off a couple of plays if they would have known if they would have gotten the first down. So, um, so kind of Cliff's fault where Kyler didn't know what, where they were at. Kyler also probably should know as well. Right. And then two, uh, or part three to that is Kyler's got to get the first down. I mean, you don't slide in that scenario. You dive yeah. forward. But I mean, would... my, my thoughts on it though, are he's the head coach. I, I think it's all got to come down on the head coach, yeah, I, you know, top, it, top, top down, right? It's, it's his job to make sure that everybody is aware. I mean, it's mm -hmm. situational football, just like uh, the defensive coordinator, make sure that uh, his boys don't jump off sides. You know, when, when Aaron Rodgers does his, hut, hut, you know, you want to, you want to make sure that they're aware that that's coming on fourth down, you know? So he's got to make sure his players are hyper aware of every situation, maybe assumed Kyler was hyper aware, but you know what they say when you assume something, right? It makes an ass mm -hmm. out of you and me. And that kind of made him look like an ass on Sunday. So and I don't, I don't know if you covered this on Sunday or not, you know, it's staying on the cliff thing. I, I think I want to start a hashtag fire cliff uh, movement on uh, Twitter and social media, uh, especially after seeing the Panthers coach getting, uh, getting canned. You know, I think the possibility is there to fire cliff um, is the, uh, the zero points of the first quarter. Again, I'm sure you talked about it on Sunday. $40, on, um, $40 million to can uh, coach rule from the Panthers, by the way. Oh, yeah. That dude's sitting pretty. He's going to be sitting on his couch collecting checks for a while, which, you know, that we, we keep talking about how much money it would cost <laughs> to get rid of Cliff and the other coaches and, you know, whatever you do in that regard. It's doable. The, the Panthers did it. <laughs> it's doable to fire Cliff, man. I mean, you you had said on earlier podcasts, it's impossible. They're not going to cut him loose. It's possible. We saw it with the Panthers, man. It's absolutely possible. It's whether they just want to, you Different know, ownership. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, we talked about on the post game pod. We're going to talk about a lot of these subjects coming up with uh, Richard Signs, our guest okay. of the week from Fox 10. So we'll, we'll actually we'll we'll ask him a professional. You know what I mean? We get him yeah. involved and we'll, we'll see what his thoughts are on both of those subjects. Um, something I want to run by you, though, yeah, is mandatory Dorch. Love the Greg Dorch. You are oh, on this guy, man. You're tweeting about him and everything else. Dude, what he's is the man. Dorch? Greg yeah. Dorch. Uh, but what I want to hit on is let's talk about some snap counts. Greg Dorch, two snaps on offense. So I said it a few weeks ago when Rondell Moore gets healthy. Cliff is uh, not going to know how to use both these talented guys, these speedsters. Uh, and that's what's happened at this point. You see Rondell Moore, I think he played 93% of snaps. Just, you know, for good and for bad. I mean, it was pretty ugly at the start. And then as the game progressed, he started setting Rondell Moore downfield and, and got some better opportunities there and better uh, outcomes. Um, something else I want to talk about is, is when we talk snaps, Isaiah Simmons, who we've gotten, we've talked about a lot of, you know, the disappointment of a first round pick and the, the ups and downs that he's had this season. He played 92% of snaps. He was the highest graded defensive player with uh, pro football focus. Mm. So great thing that you want to see with this defense as a whole. Like when you look at this defense, they're pretty good. 
I, I mean, my biggest knock, and I keep saying this because I'm trying to defend myself for now sticking up for Vance Joseph, is I kept saying, no, Vance Joseph is a scapegoat. He's the guy that's got to go. My biggest knock was he wasn't playing the young guys. He wasn't playing the Isaiah Simmons. When we look at the snaps from this weekend, rookies getting snaps. Cam Thomas, Mijah San- uh, Sanders, who both were drafted this year to help with pass rush. They both got a lot of action uh, this weekend. Uh, on the offensive side, you saw Trey McBride as well as well get play. So, you know, my biggest knock on Vance Joseph was, and, and you know, I'm now backpedaling for, I was calling for his job and saying he was going to be the scapegoat, is he wasn't playing the young guys. And now you're seeing Isaiah Simmons, like I just said, 92% of snaps, highest graded on defense. Great to see. Um, Zayvon Collins has been kind of a staple of the defense. Uh, your rookies that are getting snaps this weekend, you had Cam, uh, Cam Thomas and Mija Sanders. Uh, a lot of people thought, you know, why aren't these guys getting some run when you thought you were going to have to, um, uh, you, you were going to have to find some pass rush from different places. You're going to have to manufacture the pass rush. And that's what, now you're starting to see. So now my stance against Vance is they've done great as a defense, mm-hmm. and he's now getting the guys that you want to see on the field out there for good or for bad. If they screw up, they screw up. But at the end of the day, they need those live reps. They look good, though, man. I, I, I think that that was probably their better game of the season, right? Based on what you saw? Yeah, I think the last two or three games they've been very solid. But yeah, I mean, I mean out of all the games, they they held this, this dynamic offense, you know, to to ultimately it was, they were within the game the whole time other than yeah. the, when they spotted them the 14 points still not sold on the Eagles though man I just who they played I know they beat us you know but I mean the, the Cardinals aren't playing to their full capacity I'm not uh, sold so, on them either <laughs> I'm just not I'm just not sold on the uh the Eagles just yet you know we'll see they got the Cowboys coming up uh this I, next Sunday so we'll see hey and an interesting interesting nugget that I want your opinion on is mm. In the first seven games of last year, remember we were uh, undefeated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in those first seven games, the Cardinals averaged 32 points, right? Okay. They were one of the highest scoring teams in the NFL. In the game or like the first half, the full game? In the game, game? game, right? Okay. 32 points a game, right? Yep. Uh, that was with DeAndre Hopkins. Now, you take away following Hop, you know, the Packers, the Bears, uh, those games. But the next eight games after that, this is kind of the Cardinals' downslide. Okay. They averaged 21.3 points. So their skid, they were averaging 21 points. What um, was the difference? What, what, well, Hop, you know, Hop being gone. Oh, Hop. Tyler got okay. injured as well. You know, there was okay. some, some stuff like that. But Hop is the main thing I'm pointing to. In 2022, guess how many points the Cardinals are averaging right now? Minus Hop. 15, 10, 21, exactly what they averaged last year during that down skid. So uh, that stat actually comes from Blake Allen Murphy. Good follow on Twitter. I want to make sure I get credit for that. But but it just points again to hop being out. And I know we keep beating this every episode, but just how much does it change this team? And and, and you're hoping it shouldn't. But when you have that dynamic of receiver, it's going to. But it shows you don't have depth, though. Like, I mean, you need to have depth to to win, you know. And I mean, if we're not winning without one guy, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, everybody's got their their eggs in that D hop basket, you well, know. You, and you, I, you got you got to adjust, right? You got to adjust. Yeah, you got to be able to get to to make up for the loss. He's a great player, but you know, and it, let's say he does come back, and then he does get us into the playoffs and into the championship game, and he goes down, we should crap out of luck, you know. Yeah, we don't have the depth. You know, I, you can't put all the eggs in one basket. And I, you know, I, I'm still skeptical of whether Hop coming back is going to turn this uh, entire team around. Um, you know, I mean, we can't even score points in the first quarter uh, with, <laughs> without him. You know, I, I just, uh, you know, I, it still falls for me, falls back on Cliff. I, I think this dude is, uh, I don't know if he's distracted. You know, I, I, a lot of people have pointed out his uh, little hot piece of uh, girlfriend that he's got back home. You know, uh, have you seen pictures of her? Uh, I plead the fifth. <laughs> you know, it's like look at look at the winning coaches. They're all married with kids. Look at mm-hmm. look at uh, Kingsbury, single and uh, living that uh, that bachelor life. You know, I feel like you might be a little distracted at home. I I don't know. You like I you like with Tom Brady too, and Tom Brady's about to be single. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know, but I don't know, man. You got to have depth if you're gonna win. And I don't think D Hop is the uh, the solution. Uh, he'll help for sure. He'll get that 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 average points per game up. 
you yeah, know, they, I'll, they, I'll bet on him getting those some anytime touchdowns and uh, and you know over on the receiving yards. But I don't know if he's gonna be the key to turn this team around and, and turn it around and, and hopefully win the West. You know. Yeah, they got to figure it out how to be not just so one dimensional at that point, right? They can't rely just on hop. And so hopefully the six weeks is going to be good for them, right? Like maybe they have found certain things that work. So they aren't just so dependent on him as the season goes on because it is a long season. But we're five in and we we don't, we haven't seen anything that's worked without him. We've seen nothing. Dude, you know, I mean, they played their best game of the 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 season so far on Sunday. I mean, I I mean, in my opinion, even in a loss, right? Like like the other yeah. two wins, I think they played better in this game than they did those two those two games. But um, I I mean, obviously, you need everybody healthy to to be clicking on all cylinders. The uh the field goal kicker that we have, Amendola, um, dude, that was rough. That, that dude, yeah. Let, let's touch on injuries real quick. Yeah, and we'll get into Amendola here in a second. But Max Williams uh, was released last week because of the slew of injuries, and he's injured himself. They, they've said it uh, in interviews. Kime said Max just dealing with injuries, and and ultimately we want to get him back. In, we're, we're hoping to get him back, and they did. They were able to sign him back to the practice squad. Um, they just signed before we started taping today on on this Tuesday for this Wednesday show drop. Um, they signed Corey Clement, the running back, uh, yep. 27 years old. He had his best year with the Eagles in 2017. Um, you got to think with the injuries that came out of the last game, you you lost most of your running backs that game. I, I don't think that's a good sign that James Conner, or uh, Daryl Williams, or, or you know, maybe those guys are going to be out this week. And you're going to look at an Eno, uh, an, an Eno Benjamin uh, led backfield uh, this this Sunday against the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, to speaking about the the oh, I also want to mention Anton Wesley. You were hoping to get some height uh, back in your wide receiver room before Hop gets back. He is officially done for the season and uh, on the IR and will be not returning till next year. Um, Prater. Now let's get into the kickers. Uh, yeah. Prater, it will be a Kingsbury said uh, yesterday that he will be evaluated on Wednesday. So when this drops on Wednesday, we may have a resolution uh, if Prater will be back. But I will say this: so they did not have any tryouts on Monday, so no one came for, in for, for what that. field goal kicker for, for anything. For, okay, no, no positions today. That's when they worked out the running backs Tuesday, and that's when they signed Corey Clement. There was no info on if any kickers were worked out. So I think you're going to see the Matt Amendola show, which I'm shocked. Okay, this comes down to the decision-making of Cliff uh, Kingsbury, I think, because Amendola... I mean, yeah, uh, Butker is out in KC. We watched that yesterday, right? His uh, his replacement was uh, Matt uh, Walker. Uh, whoever replaced Bucker, uh, well, let me, let me, let me back up. Bucker was, has been hurt since week one. His first replacement, Matt Amendola, who was our field goal kicker. He played two games with the chiefs, missed a couple of kicks, uh, which included an extra point and a field goal. Kansas city lost to the Colts, cut him loose. Chiefs moved on. They picked up this guy that, that, uh, kicked for him yesterday and he struggled uh, too, though. didn't he miss some kicks? I was oh, watching. Dude, him, he like, set an record. arrowhead. He set an arrowhead record on oh, he did 59, well. uh, 59 yarder, dude. Oh, he beat Butker's I, longest I, I in arrowhead. My kid was at wrestling practice. I'll be uh, honest. I missed it. All I saw were the touchdowns. I, I no. thought he saw some kicks that were missed, but I didn't know it could have been the yeah, Raiders. So he's, he broke a record and he did really well. I mean, he did really well. So the so Chiefs saw on quick, right? And, yeah, that, they moved the on from Amendola, signed this new dude. So, and then, you know, Arizona Cardinals going to get some sloppy seconds, getting Amendola in there. We can't kick worse crap. I mean, if there's Matt Walker's out there, if that's his name, I, I want to make sure I'm getting that name right. Um, uh, or know, Matt Amendola. It was uh, Matthew I'm, I'm Wright. Good. I'm sorry, Matthew Wright. Okay. All right. Yeah, 26-year-old Matthew Wright. If he was available and the Cardinals could have gotten him, I, I don't know what the timeline is on when Prater got hurt and when uh, when Matthew Wright you know, was available and the Chiefs picked him up and you know the Amendola situation. I don't know. But if this dude was out there, man, we, we would have been doing a heck of a lot better with this dude as our field goal kicker than Amendola. We're um, going – we're going to bring in Richard Signs here in a second, but okay. but to, to cap your point there, my boss, uh, outside of this, I have a day job, and um, my boss said to me, he goes, his thought, and I, I thought he made a compelling 
argument here. He said, if you bring in a really good kicker right now, because of the struggles that Praters had last season um, and a little bit, you know, in the preseason, Mm -hmm. does it create a problem? And is that why you sign someone like an Amendola where, you know, no matter what, he's just here temporary, you're going to end up cutting him because he's not the best kicker. It does it create an issue cap wise and with with Prater's contract. Like what if you brought in someone that tore it up? And then Prater comes back and has some struggles. Does it create more headaches? You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm like, uh, that may be, be the case, right? I, I don't know. Yeah. I I'm don't looking know. for excuses I, for the Steve Kaiman crew. <laughs> I know, but I mean, I, I didn't know. I didn't realize that about Amendola. The Chiefs had had him and then cut him loose because he sucked or he missed some kicks, you know, and then and then Cardinals go and pick him up. Like, That's just a bad decision. It's a sucks. bad decision, right? Yeah, he sucks. Yeah. Uh, Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And now let's bring in our guest this week from uh, Miss, from Fox 10 Sports, Mr. Richard Sines. Richard, how you doing, bud? I'm great, man. And, you know, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, I, I've been covering uh, sports in the Valley. I've been covering the, the Cardinals for two decades, and I've seen the Cardinals fan base grow and grow, and especially traveling on the road get bigger and bigger and have a bigger presence and i know you're a big part of that and what you guys do and i just want to say keep up the good work man because it's 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 being noticed that's for sure thanks man i know i really appreciate that and you know that's always been the goal right when we got traveling on the road just as fans we we're like hey this would be so much more fun if more of us were at these games and you and you look at this past sunday i know a lot of our fans are upset about it but the amount of eagles fans that invaded state farm that really seeing that at our stadium, I think in some ways was the inspiration of going on the road and trying to not necessarily replicate it. I mean, it'd be great if we could fill that many Cardinal fans in a road stadium. And there's been times where we've had a lot of fans at, at certain games, Miami, a few years ago, Chicago, uh, Dallas. I mean, there's been some, some games where we've made a dent and you could hear us. So um, hopefully we can build to that. And it's not just frustration at home of, of the visiting fa- uh, teams rolling in, but I, I want to get right into it. Although I will mention last week when we originally connected, you were in uh, San Fran, right? You were checking out Monday night football uh, Rams and Niners. Yeah, it was, I was doing a little scouting. No, uh, I actually had some time off. This is how much uh, I love what I do. Uh, on my vacation, I took my nephew to the uh, Rams Niners uh, Monday Night Football in San Francisco. Then on Tuesday, we find out uh, Otani and the Angels are playing the A's, so we go to Oakland and watch the A's Angels. Then we flew to Denver and watched the Avalanche on Wednesday, and then the Broncos Colts on Thursday. So man, you're sick. A pretty good run. You are sick. I love <laughs> I it. I have a problem. I think I have a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, that's the voice of Richard Signs from Fox Ten. Richard, a staple of of sports media here in Arizona for for years. Um, well, Richard, I, I want to get right into the Cardinals. Um, let, let's talk about the the elephant in the room and their slow starts, right? I mean, something we've talked about show after show has been Cliff Kingsbury scripts you know, 15 plays or so to start out the game. And and that's the kind of, as a fan, that's what I kind of see is we're scripting these 15 plays and we still can't score in the first quarter and we can't move the ball like we do in maybe the second, in the second half, definitely. And then sometimes in the second quarter, what, what do you think about, what do you make about the Cardinals slow starts? It's baffling. It's just unbelievable to me um, how they can't, they haven't been able to score in the first quarter. And and even winning at home is weird. I mean, it's like wow, uh, it's 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 so strange, and it's and it's frustrating to see them put themselves behind the eight ball. And I gotta admit, when they went down fourteen nothing to Philly, I said, okay, they got them right where they want them. Here they come, you know. <clears throat> and sure enough, they they make a run. But the 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 weird part is, it's not just the offense. It's not just the the first script to play. The defense too. Like it, it was weird to give up. Uh, touchdown drives on the first, you know, drive. They did it to Kansas City. They did it to the Raiders. They did it to the Eagles. So they did, it, you know, and then they make come. They, they do come back. So you got to give Vance Joseph and Coach Cliff credit in making adjustments and coming back. But you you just can't keep shooting yourselves in the foot and then playing catch up football like that and then allowing the other team's defense to pin their ears back and get after your quarterback because you're down by two touchdowns. 
Yeah, no, it, it it's just crazy because this team didn't look like this always. This is r- rather new development, it seems, over the past you know x amount of games. Last season, it didn't feel like they had these struggles uh, this bad in the in the first quarter specifically. But then when you talk about the 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 trying to win at home, you know what I think about is when the Lions. I can't remember what year that was, but they they were didn't have a win, and and then they finally got one towards the end of the season, and the celebration, that sigh of relief. I feel like that's what we're gonna get when the Cardinals ever do. Uh, one score in the first quarter, but two win a game at home. Uh, that they'll, they'll have that big sigh of relief that man, we, we we finally have this monkey off of our back and, and can get going. But uh, let's talk about that final drive from Sunday uh, before we talk about looking ahead and, and what the team looks like this week. But um, between the slide and spike. And you hear Kyler in, in, in the postgame comments talking about, you know, everyone in my ear was telling me to, to spike it. And it made me assume we had the first down. Um, you heard Cliff kind of saying, you know, we were kind of committed at that point to the spike. So we couldn't um, really, really change from there. We had to kind of go with the kick. And then we talk about the kick. That's the other piece to this is you trot out a kicker that um, has not been very successful um, from 40 plus yards. Uh, he's actually Matt Amendola two for nine, 22.2% from 40 plus yards, um, career. So you trot out a kicker that in pregame warmups missed four from 40 plus yards. Uh, and, and then he shanks obviously the game winner. So I know Justin Pugh got a little feisty with the media, uh, after the game, uh, about pinning it on just one guy, but, uh, to me, there was that whole sequence there. What what do you make out of that final sequence uh, between the slide, the spike, and then the kick? Well, I was a part of the entire sequence, right? The, the slide, the spike, the kick, and the post game interview. I was there. Were in, you in the standing? At, you were standing in the huddle when Justin came over and, and kind of I played big brother. He was as he was answering my question. Oh, Justin Pugh came up, and because because the you know Matt Amendola, first of all, you got to give him credit. Uh, from from a journalism standpoint, where he he said he sat there and answered every question, you know, then not that not everybody does that. So, yeah, he missed the kick and he missed it badly. Uh, but he, afterwards, you know, I I had to kind of tip my cap to the guy. We're like, wow, that was pretty classy of the guy to sit there and say, look, man, I missed the kick. He said it was it, it felt good when it came off my foot. I, I felt good all week. I felt good with the snap. There was no wrong, nothing wrong with the hold. He goes, and, and, you know. So then I asked him, well. How frustrating is that when everything feels good and then you see it, you know, it's kind of like a golf shot where you're like, man, I thought that was going to be a good one. And so you slice it, you know, and, and he and he started answering and saying, yeah, you know, it is frustrating, but you just got to, you know, focus on the next kick. And he answered it and he answered it. You know, he wasn't defensive in any way. And I could see Justin hovering in the background waiting for him to finish, which I thought was pretty cool. Didn't want to interrupt his answer. And then before we could answer another one, that's when Justin Pugh came in and said, you know, hey, this is BS, blah, blah, blah. It's not just one guy. And I, and he directed it at us, but I didn't take it personally. I didn't think, you know, it, he was really dogging us. I think it was more I'm going to stick up for this young kid who obviously made a major mistake and cost us the game, and I'm going to show him some support. And I thought that shows how healthy that locker room is. I think that was actually a positive, in my opinion, because I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Because I, I doubt Justin Pugh really knows Matt Amendola that well because he hasn't oh, been yeah. around that long. And then for him to come in and, and stick up for him, and yeah, kind of come at us, but you know, whatever. And then put he kind of put his arm around and kind of grabbed his neck and said, look, keep your head up. We're going to win some games and walks off. And then everybody's kind of like, Whoa, like really like <laughs> just freaking out. And so I, my initial response was, to Matt, how does that make you feel? This guy just stood up for you. And then he said, yeah, you know what? That makes me feel good. And, he, and then he w- talked about the locker room, the team in general, saying, look, everybody here has been a class act. Everybody's you know, been coming up to me saying, hey, it's not the end of the day. He meant, you know, I think he meant the end of the world. You know, we, we're, 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 we're going to you know, get back on track. And then I thought, wow, that was pretty cool because nobody, nobody's been pointing fingers. Nobody's been, you know, you know, nobody pushed down a cameraman as they're walking off the field like Devontae Adams, you know, did, you know, on Monday Night Football. So I, I thought that was a pretty healthy situation. I thought that was – and then I, I looked at it as a, as a positive. Now, as far as the actual play, I kind of think it, it, people are making a bigger deal about it as if Kyler made a mistake. 
Look, Kyler Murray did his job. He got the Arizona Cardinals in field goal range. You know, granted, whatever Matt Amendola's stats are, Kyler Murray can't be worried about that with 20 seconds left to play. He just knows, I need to get them within a 40-yard field goal. That's my job. Of course, you know, if if you would have known it was third and one and they could have got the first down, maybe they take a couple shots, but who knows? He could have done that. They could It could have been first down, right? Then they take a couple shots and they get a false start, which is a 10-second runoff, or they get sacked, or they get tackled in the field of play with no timeouts. Then you're rushing this guy out, you know, to, to kick a field goal. So I, I think, you know, the kid just got to has to make the field goal. And then another thing, it, inside the stadium, it showed first down on the big screen there. So people thought yeah. it was a first down, you know. And then, like Coach Cliff said, by then they're already clocking, clocking, and they know they got a fourth down. They, that, you know, and I think I think the, their rationale, I mean, you know, Cliff didn't say this, but you'd rather have this kid come out with plenty of time to kick and then, you know, kick, kick the field goal. Now, if it was third down and he slid early, I didn't get the first down. Then you got to rush this kicker out there. That's a major mistake. But when you run on second, you know you can spike it on third. Have this kid come out calmly, try to kick a forty-three yard field goal, which you know eighty percent of the kickers in the NFL should make. Then I, I don't think it's that bad. I think the the bigger mistake by Kyler Murray was missing Zach Ertz wide open on the drive earlier in the earlier that on that drive. Like that was a major mistake. I think Kyler throwing it into double coverage with the interception that didn't end up costing him anything. That was a major mistake. I don't think it was this that big of a mistake here where you saw the line. They say they got to cross this line to get in the field goal range. He crossed that line by five to eight yards. Yeah. So that's no, that's you. When you bring up the Zach Ertz thing, and the, I'm sorry, this wasn't a question that I had planned, but, but, but you, you touching on that, it, it makes me think, because I've heard it a few times from some people where they keep saying, well, Kyler Murray in the height, Kyler Murray in the height. I've never been a Kyler Murray's not tall enough. Kyler Murray has, you know, because he's shorter, it, it's a problem. But it, between last game and the game before, there were there have been a couple occasions where Zach Hurts has been wide open in the middle of the field. And, and a lot of people are saying that because Kyler is shorter and he can't necessarily see over all the line action, that that's why he throws so much to the left or the right. He throws more to the sidelines, right? Is is that something you're starting to see or, or starting to think that could be somewhat true? No, because even on that play, Connor wasn't even under pressure. We had to throw over anybody. And Zach Ertz didn't have anybody on him. I think it was. Just is it just not him. checking like the re- like going through the progressions or the reads or what, what, like if it's not the height, then what is it that? It, what do you think? I, I I think he just missed them. Just and, missed and when them. you look at that Raider game, the 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 touchdown and the two point the the touchdown that he threw to AJ Green or the two point conversion that was right over the middle over That's three true. different guys. So mm-hmm. and and in in Ben Roethlisberger's last year, he was the one that was had the most batted down balls, and he's just twice the size of Kyler Murray. So I've never really thought um, Kyler Murray's height has been an issue. Not in today's NFL. Yeah, I really don't. I, I, I don't, I don't think so either. I, I have a picture of me next to Kyler at a, the Cardinals bowling charity event from a few years ago. And he's my height and I'm six one. Like, right. so people are always like, Oh, he's, he's five ten, five nine. I'm like, no, we stood right next to each other and he's barely shorter than me. If he is shorter than me. Right. So, um, I, I, I don't ever think that, but I have been hearing it a lot more lately. And, and then we talk about that situation it's just meh, poses a question but you make a great point with the aj green uh situation now yeah. speaking of receivers i want to ask you i got two more questions for you sure. uh impact of hollywood brown right now hollywood brown is on pace for 1418 yards and 10 touchdowns Talk about the impact of Hollywood Brown, the the comfort that he provides Kyler Murray and just what he brings to this offense. And and can he keep up that pace, especially with Hop coming back? You think he's going to probably play against some secondary corners and not the lead guy every game once Hop comes back, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I've been yelling this uh, during my my 30-minute sports show on Sundays, Fox 10 Sports Night at 10.30 for, for weeks, for months. Hollywood Brown had 1,000 yards receiving with the with the Ravens, who run the ball first. Just wait till he gets here. I couldn't wait to see what he would do here, especially with, with a different kind of offense that throws the ball more and with a guy that he has chemistry with in Kyler Murray, who's, you know, his friend from college. So I, w- I, I expected him to have 
over a thousand yards. And but the one pleasant surprise that I've learned from watching Hollywood Brown from training camp up until now is he's much more than just a speedster. We we knew he was you know the, the take the top off the defense type of guy and go deep, but his hands are great. He, 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 I mean, he, even though he had that one drop uh, uh, last week where he's like, man, if he would have held on that ball, he had plenty of room. But he's got good hands. He's a much better receiver than I thought. I thought he was just one of those, like, the Deshaun Jackson guys, we're only going to hit him deep and that's it. But no, he can, he can run the curl route. He can run the in route. So he, I, he's been even better than I thought, and I thought he was going to be good. And then you mentioned the DeAndre Hopkins situation. Yeah, you bring that in, and that's going to really add a whole new dynamic and free things up. For Hollywood Brown, and, and you were kind of talking about, you know, comparing this year to last year on the slow starts and stuff. Well, part of it is they don't have DeAndre Hopkins, mm-hmm. uh, and part of it is the defense. I mean, the the schedule that they had the, the, to start this year has been brutal. I mean, you start off with the Chiefs, then you get the Super Bowl champs, then you get a Raiders team that was supposed to be good, and then you, and then you have you know the, the the Eagles who are undefeated. So it's well, been, a, it's look, been look, a, at the, look at the the Raiders on Monday. Look at the Raiders on Monday night. They hung right in there with the Chiefs. Right, right. In Arrowhead, I I mean, the Raiders, uh, you look at their record, I don't think their record is who they are, right? right. I I think the Raiders are a better team. They just, again, another product of playing good teams. And I think that says a lot of like what you're you're alluding to. The Cardinals, they're playing good teams, and they're hanging in there with good teams. So Short-handed. Yep, 100%. You you take Kelsey away from the Chiefs, uh, how are they going to be? You know, you take mm-hmm. Devontae Adams from the Raiders, how are they going to be? You know, you take, you know, you, you take D-Hop away from the Cardinals, it's going to affect them, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and, and w- real quick on that Raiders-Chiefs game, every time I watch a, a coach make decisions like Josh McDaniel made going for two and then throwing it twice on third and one from the 50, I think if that was Cliff Kingsbury, they would have already set fire to the training facility in Tempe. People would have been so mad. If <laughs> Kyler Murray would have pushed down a cameraman coming off the field the way Devontae mm-hmm. Adams did, they would have been crucifying Kyler Murray. So uh, it's funny. I think Kyler and Cliff get get a bad rep for uh, for reasons why I don't know. Uh, but they, it, it's interesting to me when I see other coaches make these decisions where I'm like, hmm, I guess it's not just here in the Valley. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I do see that the fan base. If it's not fire, Kime, it's fire Cliff, and if it's not fire Cliff, it's fire. Uh, you know, it's it's get rid of Kyler. It, you know, it, there's always someone to blame and always someone to get on. So it, it's but, but yeah. And I also want to add this: when I went, I went to that Denver game, the Colts mm-hmm. Bronco game, and I, oh yeah. I was, I, and on TV, everyone's like, oh, that was a horrible game. It, there, it was a good game because it was close. And then afterwards, I'm, I'm watching the local stations there, and they were ready to just kill Russell Wilson. Well, it was amazing. How about, how about so, the fans I, leaving uh, before before overtime? Yeah, it was it was funny. <laughs> one guy, one reporter had a did a report with a with the most wanted uh, uh, sign and had Russell Wilson on it, and the 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 the, the prize was two hundred and forty two million or whatever he's made. Oh. Pretty funny. I was like, wow, okay, I guess it's not just in the valley then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I guess it's everywhere, right? Um, yeah. So, last question for you: Are the Cardinals right where they want to be theoretically? Right, they're two and three. Obviously, you wish you had a better record, but all things considered, going into the season, not having Hop, you're two and three right now, and you're going to Seattle uh, for an opportunity to be five hundred. Right, with Hop on the way back, could could you? Should everyone just relax a little bit? I mean, that's what I, I where as a fan, I think we got to calm down and, and we really just should be embracing the situation of knowing that if you asked us before the season to be 500 through six games without hop, you'd take that, especially with this list of opponents. Absolutely. You got, you got to remember fan is short for fanatic. You know, people are going <laughs> to be fanatic. They're going to go crazy. And I, and I get it, but uh, are the, the Cardinals might, may not be right where they want to be, but they're, right where I expected them to be, you know, yeah. at the situation. And, and my big thing was just don't let anybody else get hurt, you know, and like, as like Tyler Murray or Hollywood Brown or James Conner, who's also hurt, you know? So, uh, you know, the, the, the crazy part is I, I think they're, they are where, where I expected them to be. And they're in a good situation when you consider they can beat Seattle um, and they, you know, they can beat Seattle. They can get, uh, D-Hop back at 3-3. Three and three. Then they got New Orleans, who they can also be. Then they'll get Seattle again. They get Minnesota. They have a stretch here where the schedule's not going to be as tough as it is. So I, I think they're in a good situation. I really do. I think, you know, if they can get a win in Seattle, they've weathered the storm. 
They bring D-Hot back, and then let's see what happens. That voice right there is Richard Signs of Fox 10. Uh, Richard, where can people find you? Not just on TV, but social media. Go ahead and get the plugs in. Yeah, if you want to hit me up on my socials, I'm at R Signs Fox 10, R S A E N Z Fox 10, Twitter, Instagram, uh, MySpace. I'm really big on MySpace. That's yeah. Right. No, I'm just kidding. I- <laughs> Got to reactivate that puppy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, we got the shows on Fox 10. We got Fox 10 Sports Night at 1030 on Sunday nights. And then I, I do a cool thing on Monday mornings called Monday Morning Quarterback with uh, Troy Hayden, uh, where I talk, to, you know, I always have to talk Troy and Celeste off the ledge. So it, it's pretty entertaining. Awesome. That's great. Catch uh, Richard all the time on Fox 10 and uh, definitely follow him on social. Great follow on Twitter as well. Rich, th- thank you for coming on. Appreciate you. And, and I'm definitely going to bug you to come on later on down the road here. Anytime, buddy. Anytime. Thanks, bud. Well, now we kind of move on to the next game, which is going to be on the road up in Seattle at Central Link Field against the Seahawks, which, you know, I mean, the Cardinals are doing a lot better on the road than they are at home. So, I mean, that's a positive, right? To look forward to. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> at this point, send them on the road the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, they've won 10 of the last 11 away games, uh, you know, last year and uh, this year combined. And uh, so we'll see, man. And then they'll be heading up to Seattle, which uh, Seattle, they're uh, the baseball team. The Mariners are in the, uh, the postseason for the first time t- since 2001. And, they will be playing on Sunday um, up there in Seattle, right next door to CenturyLink Field. They'll be playing on a Sunday at 12.07. What's the game on Sunday with the Seahawks? The Cardinals starts at 120, ooh, is it 125 or 105? Um, yeah, it's, it's an afternoon game. Might not matter, though, because it sounds like uh, Pete Carroll is trying to get the game changed, game time changed, because so they're not competing with the Mariners. Everybody in Seattle on board with the Mariners, right? I mean, they've been waiting years and years and years for this. And then uh, you got the Seahawks playing the Cardinals at the same time. So he's trying to get the game changed. And based on what I am seeing from uh, Ian Rappaport, they'll be moving the game earlier, not later. Uh, so it'll probably be a 10 a.m. game. I'd, I'm assuming. I, I can't imagine they're going to do a different time, you know, like a 9 or an 11. Uh, I'd assume it'd be in that uh, – on par with the rest of the games at 10 a.m. if they do move it. I personally hate that. Why? We get an earlier podcast after the after the uh, the game on Sunday, man. Well, I like I like it for that reason, but <laughs> I, I dislike it because the slate of games at 10 a.m. There's usually five, six, seven games where oh yeah in the in the afternoon it's only two or three. So let's just face it. I don't need the Cardinals taken up. You know, the Cardinals take up my focus during their game, and I'd rather that be when there's only two more games than yeah, I got you. There's six yeah. or seven games, there's fantasy stuff going on. I want to be able to kind of be in, in tune with everything that's going on. When the Cardinals yeah. play, I got to be dialed in. You know what I mean? I love red zone, man. So that's going to be a little tough. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's so many games at 10 a.m. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to have to watch the, uh, the Cardinals and uh, kind of uh, take a week off from red zone. Watch the other uh, one o'clock games on uh, on Red Zone, but uh, odds right off the bat, the, Car- uh, the Cardinals are uh, the favorite by two and a half points. Normally, the home team gets three points, you know, off the bat. Uh, so uh, being two and a half, you know, looking pretty good for the Cardinals. The over under is fifty one and a half, so looking to be a high scoring game according to the uh, the odds makers there in Vegas. Yeah. <sighs> The Seattle's no slouch, man. I mean, we talked about this. We had Britton Golden on as a, a guest co-host um, on Sunday, and we talked about how the Seahawks, the, we thought going into the season that they were just a walk in the park. They're two guaranteed wins, and mm-hmm. I don't think that's uh, that's the case right now. You know what I mean? I, I think they the that, number one offense right now. Didn't I read somewhere that C- Seattle has like – or did my, I don't or know. Is that just somebody's personal rating or something like that? Uh, I don't know on that, but I, I did see when it came to like fantasy, like the recommendation this week was picking up Geno Smith because he had finished like 12th, second, and third in top quarterbacks in, in terms of. Picking up Geno Smith on what, fantasy? Yeah. In, in, okay. in 
making him your quarterback. Like at this point, he's he keeps putting up big numbers. Yeah. And funny enough, uh, producer Adam, the voice of the bird god, he uh, threw a little graphic up on our our video here that we have trade offer Murray for Geno Smith straight up. No, Do you- I- <laughs> I don't think I don't, anyone believes in Geno Smith, but everyone loves the story. Right no, now. yeah, I don't, I don't. He's he's got eight. How old is Gino? Oh, Gino Smith. Got the, I feel like he's got to get. He's been in the league for so long. I, I feel, feel like, like he's kind of. I bet we're going to be surprised. He's like twenty-seven, thirty-two years old. Oh, is he thirty-two? Okay. And uh, his birthday was yesterday. Look at that. He just turned thirty-two. Happy oh, birthday, Gino. Hopefully, his birthday isn't uh, a good one with the rest of the week here. <laughs> Um, so that'll be, uh, I, I, I don't even know what the weather's looking like up in Seattle. It kind of, it kind of turns this time of year. So will the weather play into it? Eh, I don't know. Seattle's probably, if, if, the, if it is raining, what is your, you, you're giving the, uh, the advantage Seattle? Mm, no, they just lost for sharp penny. Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, done for right. the year. Uh, they do have, what's his name? Ken Walker, the third or Ken Walker jr. Yeah. Um, they have him, which he's looked good, but the Cardinals have, you know, Benjamin, who's also looked really good. Ken Walker. Yeah, that, it's, it's not looking right. It's going to be sunny in 74. So it'll, oh. be, it, it'll be good. We're going to be throwing <laughs> the ball all down the field. Look at that. <laughs> having a 51 and a half. Probably it's going to be a shootout. You know, what Lockett Lockett had a couple of touchdowns on Sunday. Oh, so Seattle's scored a lot of points, but they've also given up a ton of points. So yeah, if, if you're too. trying to get your offense, right and start quick, this is the defense to do it against. So um, we just need our defense to continue to do what they've been doing these last couple of games, hold these teams under 20 points, uh, but get get our our offense hopefully can get started against this this pretty bad defense. Well, fingers crossed. You know, so, I mean, we're not going to have Connor. Connor's out. I mean, those injuries when I was watching, um, you know, when Connor Connor left and uh, the other injuries happening during the game, it it seemed to me that they were slipping. There's a lot of slipping on the turf. Is there just just a thought? I mean, I they're they're obviously pretty um, sold on the uh, the real grass here in Arizona. You know, it's mm-hmm. all, that stadium's built for the real grass. It goes out there, you know, slides out, has the sunshine, and everything else slides back in for the games. Would it be time? I mean, with all these injuries, they, they practice on that field too, right? Uh no 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 they no, probably don't practice okay. out in Tempe they do during training camp but not not once the season gets going what what would your thoughts be on uh, going to synthetic turf in there because it seemed like I mean who brought it up it was uh, Andy Reid right that, about the turf and the injuries yeah, on that he just said the field sucked but the, here's the thing for every person that doesn't like the turf that we have I, the the state our stadium is constantly ranked one of the top places to play between players and coaches okay so. I don't think it's a turf issue because at the, at the end of the day, the, the players don't like playing on synthetic turf. They say that's where all the injuries oh, they come don't from. Oh, really? all, all the crazy, um, you know, ACLs and MCLs and all that type stuff. It's all been because of you've typically been on fields that have the fake grass. So, okay. I just felt like it was like softer for landing and, uh, cause of the rubber pellets and, and all that. I just thought it was a lot, uh, safer to play on, but I guess I'm inaccurate on that thought. Not correct. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, yeah, no. The the the, fan, the players are are anti okay. the fake grass. Well, they do have the fake grass up there in Seattle, so we'll see. Uh, hopefully, the uh, the Cardinals can pull it together and uh, get a win. We'll break down the game. They, they have fake grass in Seattle. Yeah, that's. Fake I went turf, there last dude. year. I didn't know if they did. Well, because oh, yeah, they, they have the open stadium, so I thought I thought they had real grass. No, so but... it drains it drains a hell of a lot better. You know, having that uh, mm-hmm. that fake turf, but it's definitely a uh, fake with the uh, the black pellets. Sense. I've been yeah. down on it. I've been down on it once. My uh, my wife's uncle is uh, Ernie Conwell. He played for the Washington Huskies, and they're doing some recognition thing with them up there. And I had a field pass and was down there, just kind of, you know, pretending I was a uh, a big a shot. Player. I love that. I love a that. Big shot, yeah. But it's a uh, it's synthetic uh, turf. So uh, hopefully the Cardinals pull it together. And I know we'll break down uh, the game coming up on Sunday. A heck of a lot more on the uh, the next podcast, which will be out on. Friday, right? For and we'll go behind enemy lines. But do we have producer Adam, the voice of the bird god, who usually likes to chime in at the end of every episode? It's become a new staple. Yeah, I don't really have a lot to throw in here for you guys, voice of the bird god. This is, you know, there's there's some optimism here growing. You feel like you're in a good spot. Things are trending in the right direction. I don't know how you can be a two and three football club and think that you're right where you want to be. 
Um, but these next, we had talked about it. You have what a handful of games here. The next four, starting with Seattle, you're going to play them twice over the next four weeks. Uh, would you? How far would you be willing to go? Gunner mentioned it at the end of that first segment. There, should the Cardinals brass be willing to eat whatever it takes to move on from Cliff Kingsbury if? he persists to be one of the main problems here. Yeah. You know, you're not moving on from Kyler. You're going to always hang your hat on the young quarterback you just paid. Should they be willing to do that? little bit of a different set of circumstances. Carolina did not have a lot of high uh, expectations coming right. into this year. Uh, what about another scoreless first quarter? I mean, we've already been through five scoreless first quarters uh, this season, dude. That's Cliff Kingsbury not doing his job. He's not... Uh, that's Cliff not uh, deal, uh, knowing how to use his players and uh, and ha- how to get some points on the board, man. I, I think another scoreless first quarter. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to have this theory uh, every single every single time that this, the Cardinals are gonna lose is that uh, he's gonna lose his job. I think he's safe until D Hop's back, and if they struggle <laughs> once D Hop's back, then he's gone. Then, not necessarily gone, but then I think the steam of getting rid of him picks up at that point. I, listen, I think they would have to lose out. And even then, it's going to be a hard sale to, to, to get rid of them. I really do. Really? Uh, I, I don't see it. I just don't. I don't know. You're, you're losing money. The more games you lose, you're losing money. The season ticket holders are going to be backing out. You're not selling tickets. You're not selling merch. You know, when it starts affecting the bottom line, I think, uh, well, you know. That's- that is a, a key point is that at, since moving to State Farm, they, they have not had really a season ticket holder issue in terms of selling season tickets um now they haven't had wait lists forever and things like that but oh yeah they, uh... they've been pretty good at, at not having much availability for season ticket holders so um if this team starts keeps declining like you're saying like yeah that could be a problem going forward uh all right we'll be back on uh, the next podcast will be on friday i love how you have your liquid death up there on the uh the shelf on prominently on display i've been drinking mine you know all throughout the uh the podcast here good stuff man but i don't have mine on display like you do that's pretty cool you got uh the green the black and the white all up yeah there. it's like it's like water yeah. and uh what's what's the commercial that we have air in the middle of the show say it's like uh water in a uh 40 ounce beer you know what i mean something like that <laughs> that's good i'll subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and uh we'll we'll be back on friday the next cardinalspodcast.com cardinalspodcast.com that's where you can get it anywhere everywhere make sure gunner that you kick off in the valley